Welcome to The Bottleneck. The Bottleneck is a podcast dedicated to love of factory and automation games. We're here to bring you the latest news and game reviews in the genre. I'm your host, Dave, joined by my fellow co-host, longtime friend, and for once, in-person drinking buddy, Chris. We have decades of gaming experience across a variety of gaming genres and have, in the past couple of years, shared a deep appreciation for factory and automation games. And we'll start off today by talking about our first bottleneck, what's in the glass, and in a unique turn of events this week, we are in the same place, drinking the same thing. So, what are we drinking, Chris? We are, cheers, drinking Health Potion. This is the 2022 release. Just came out uh, last week, so literally has been in cans for less than probably 10 days. And uh, it's a boysenberry, I guess, uh, I don't know, how, how would you put it? I mean, well, it's a, it's a, so it says it's a white ale with boysenberries, cinnamon, and vanilla added. It's got a little bit of sweetness, but not too much. I don't usually like white ales, but it doesn't taste too much like your standard white ale. Um, what do you and, think of the color, though? Oh, it's gorgeous. It's a, a nice muted red. Very, very beautiful. Just like a health potion, right? Exactly. <laughs> looks. This... I don't know. It's, it maybe could be a little brighter. Yeah. The brighter red would <laughs> be a little more health potion. But I feel like earlier this evening we drank a earlier version, and I thought it was a little redder. Yeah. I always uh, joke with the brewer master that. Uh, it almost looks like the rejuvenation potions from Diablo 2, not yes. quite a health potion. <laughs> it's a little more on the purple side, but... Yeah, and this is from one of your favorites that you keep going back to, mm-hmm. 8-Bit yeah. Ale Works, which I haven't had too much of, but I've had several of tonight already, so should be a fun podcast. Yeah, should be very fun. In this week's news and current events... The Crust is a new game that was announced. It's going to be arriving in early access in 2023, and there is currently a demo available. So go ahead and check it out. It's pretty neat. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to look at this one yet, but it sounds like you can't save in the demo, which is very unfortunate in a factory game, but I have to give that a look. It's pretty early yet, so we'll probably see that here soon. Tectonica gave a sneak peek into monorails in the game which looked really neat um, including being able to rail run or go along the monorails by yourself which is pretty cool and they announced that the early access release will definitely be in 2023 so that's exciting and then satisfactory talked about prioritizing any remaining bugs and route to the 1.0 release so it sounds like we're on the track to see that one sometime this year I really want to dive all the way into Satisfactory at some point, but I've sort of decided that it's going to be after 1.0, so I'm excited to hear that for sure. And a rather controversial announcement, Factorio announced that the price of the game is going up in in the near future. If you haven't picked it up, you should probably do so now before that price increase happens, because... They're still never going to go on stale. Um, due to inflation, they said that they're raising the price on a several-year-old game. So that's an interesting choice on their part. We'll see how that impacts the price of the expansion when it comes out, possibly this year. 
Yeah, that's an interesting move because it's already, what, $30, I think, for the base game. And if it goes to 35 or 40 plus an expansion, I mean, could you really see the game at $60, $80 for I mean, when the base game plus expansion? I mean... When you've got a thousand plus hours of playtime, it seems entirely worth your while. So, <laughs> well, true. <laughs> but for the average gamer, but for the average gamer, it's not necessarily a a great investment. So we'll see. We'll see how that all pans out for them. It's, yeah, interesting, controversial indeed. Yeah. And then in uh, in for space announced they're making progress with terraforming in the game. Uh, this is something I didn't even know they were planning. I guess I overlooked that, but that'll be interesting. So instead of that Mars-like desert landscape that they have, it'll be interesting to see uh, trees and greenery coming to the game. Yeah, this is one that we have now purchased and are probably going to review sometime in the fairly near future. But we'll we'll see when that happens. Might want to wait for a few more updates since it sounds like they're adding some really cool stuff. And then finally, Junk Punk is looking to add some upgrades to your character, like a jetpack and a more powerful mining laser. That's one that we are looking forward to getting into a good state for us to finally do a proper review on. Yeah, I think that's a, uh, an, an impending review now. I think uh, in the next couple episodes, it may be at a point where we're ready. I hope so. Yep, ditto. In this week's episode, we're going to talk about logistics, an integral part to any automation and factory game. Logistics covers a wide range of topics in this style of game. Uh, The key is that it involves moving things through your factory from one production building to another or to more. Some of the main types of logistics that you see most commonly are things like belts, or pipes, or trains, drones, or bots to move things longer distances, and then things like sorters or inserters to move things from one location to another in the very, very close term. So the first game that comes to mind when talking about logistics is the one that kind of get kicked it all off, the progenitor of the genre, Factorio. So in Factorio, the first thing you're introduced to are a few inserters, followed by your first conveyor belts. You know, they're not the fastest belts in the world, but they get the job done, and you eventually get introduced to fluid dynamics in the game, and you have to start using pipes to move around fluids, oil, water. And then you finally unlock trains. You get into trains. Trains allow you to move large quantities of items over very large distances. And then you finally end up with the logistics bots, which move, I guess it would be the most flexible of all the options, but it's not best for long distances, but it'll definitely move and allow you to build very compact factories and malls without the need for all the spaghetti, where you just need a few passive provider and requester chest to move material around your factory, so... Yeah, bots are definitely not the most efficient way to move a lot of things around your factory in Factorio. Um, And honestly, my favorite thing about Factorio is using it as a train simulator. Building trains is definitely the best part of that game. Um, The 
most interesting and still surprisingly unique thing about Factorio in the logistics space is that belts have two sides and your inserters will have specific behavior about which side they move to and pull from that you can use to make some really interesting setups um, in in your different factory pieces. Yeah, and also uh, in conjunction with the two-sided belts, there's the um, sorters. Yeah. You got to balance the the belts if you want. You can also filter with them. You have different undergrounders depending on the level of it. They'll either go four to eight spaces. All right. And you can use that to to do some unique layouts as well. And but a big thing with Factorio's outside of undergrounders and surface level belts, you can't use belts in any any other manner. Right? So it's uh it's always one level. So if you need to go under, you can go under. But you can't raise it up like some of the other games. So you're stuck to that one level. So that prevents you from being able to stack you know, yeah. belts very high. It's two-dimensional. So it makes some things simpler, but it makes some other things a lot harder to figure out. And then what about DSP? What can you tell me about DSPs? So one of the first things you'll notice, well, one of the things you'll notice in the early game in DSP is that there are no pipes, unlike Factorio. You don't need to worry about fluid dynamics. I can certainly understand why they did that. It takes a lot of processing power and programming uh, extra, but it, in DSP you just dump fluids onto belts the same way you do everything else. Um, but belts are, early on at least, the main way of moving things around. And you can only put, you know, one thing or you only put things on one side of a belt. There's only, you know, one side of the belt that goes through, but you can stack them on top of each other and you can move them over each other with bridges. And um, there's just a lot of flexibility because you can go up pretty high. Um, there's a little bit of jank around how you change your elevation and there's like belt warping. Yeah, you can really glitch sort of the, the system, other. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's still, it works really well. But once you unlock planetary logistics and then interstellar logistics, that's where DSP really opens up. And you start building sort of compact factories instead of just one big factory like you do most of the time in Factorio. You know, outside of city blocks connected by trains. But you, you want to... In DSP, as you move on, you want to build big chunks of factory that produce one thing and move it on to the next piece where that produces another thing, etc. That's generally the most efficient way to produce. Um, logistics drones move things around the planet. The vessels move things between. And it's really a much more efficient way of getting things done in DSP, even if there are some perhaps inefficiencies in how the the prioritization of different uh, towers happens in the game. And then the other thing they introduced fairly recently is logistics bots, which come before you get your drones and your vessels and your uh, all those logistics towers, where now you can have a chest with a logistics hub placed on top of it. I don't remember exactly what it's called. And these logistics bots can move things either between different 
logistics hubs or to your player. Yeah, and I find, uh, you know, it doesn't move a lot early game. I think it's only one or two items per bot, so it's not too OP right off the bat. Um, but I'm a big fan of, with, with the towers and the planets doing the black box setup, right? Where I'm importing all raws to that tower and then I'm building out a factory that's making one thing, right? Either solar panels or antimatter fuel rods or something. So yeah, exactly what you said where you're building out chunks of, you know, a specific factory versus, you know, these big mega bases. You're kind of specializing it. And that's all because of the how the lo the logistics towers are set up and the supply and demand works. And those are fairly easy to use too. You know, you just set up, you tell it you're going to supply it, you're going to demand it. With the interstellar, you're doing a either local demand or a remote demand. So that helps a lot with uh, with organizing, and you know, kind of the big uh, mechanic with that. When whenever I start a new game, is I'm deciding, am I gonna do a pull on the mining resources, or I'm do it, or am I gonna do a push? Right. So it just where I'm where I'm supplying the warpers to. <laughs> am I supplying it to the mining to the mining planets, or am I supplying them to the to the factory planet? The the forge worlds, I guess they call them, right? Where you're pulling the resources in. So yeah, I feel like it. DSP just gives you a lot of flexibility in how you build things. Like like you said, you prefer building those black boxes. I you know recently started a new playthrough of DSP and got to the end game, and I started trying to do that, and I found that I just wasn't really enjoying building like a big black box that much, and I switched to. You know, making it a cer a single item in the in the production chain in each different location, and then sending it on to the next place. So you know, if I'm making my blue engines, I don't remember what they're called, the super magnetic coils or mm -hmm. something, but I need the green engines to get there, and I, for to get there, I need the motors. You know, I have one big motor factory, and then mm -hmm. one slightly okay. smaller green engine factory, and then one slightly smaller blue engine factory, and uh, you know, it's just I had a lot of fun building out different blueprints for each different segment of that and having them not supplied by raw, but rather by the intermediates. No, yeah, that's, a, that's you, a you got a lot of different options. Yeah, it is very, very, very flexible with that. And, and then, then you've played more satisfactory than I have. So how do you feel about the logistics and satisfactory yeah satisfactory gives you a couple of unique ones that they toss in so you know right off the bat they use conveyor belts just like you know almost every other game in in this genre um, with satisfactory there's five levels of belts so you have mark one through mark five and the mark five are i want to say eight times faster than the mark one so they really they may maybe be more than that i can't remember off the top of my head but they they really move a lot of material around and then the next thing you unlock are tractors and trucks so that allows you to move uh, a decent amount and it's very flexible as well right so to set it up you place a couple stations and you jump in the tractor and you literally drive the route you want it to drive in a record mode and then you have it playback and that's that's that right it's set up it's pretty easy you can have it take whatever path you want it to do. You don't need tracks or anything. You just need a station on either end. And then uh, 
the third one that comes out in Satisfactory are the monorails or the trains. So those are a little bit more, a little bit more complicated to set up. You have to obviously place the stations down. They're a little bit tricky to place because they're huge. And then uh, you have to place them in the order. You're tearing it all apart again. So if you have like a, the main engine followed by three cargo containers followed, you know, by a, another engine or something, you have to place the stations in the order. And also the order you want ma the ma material picked up and delivered from. So you have to be takes a little bit more planning and then obviously you're sitting there and satisfactory it's not the easiest to build large quantities of you know five mile long train route so you're sitting there click 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 you know it takes you 45 minutes to place a pretty simple route down with the track um, you may have to put the uh, foundations down for it to follow if you're going over if you need to bridge it over something so it's a little bit uh little bit trickier but once you get trains moving they're pretty fast and they can move a good bit of material around not as flexible with the uh, with like factorio's train it's pretty easy to set up the the uh the train routes the schedule for it whereas in satisfactory you got to be a lot more deliberate you got to do a lot more planning with it and then after trains, you get uh, you get the drones. So these are fast. They're expensive to build. They use a lot of fuel, but they can move small quantities of items across very long distances in a very flexible manner. So you just need to plop down the station and tell it where it's going, and it'll and it'll move it. So pretty easy. Um, Satisfactory is kind of pretty flexible with conveyor belts too. There's Smart splitters or splitters, there's mergers, so you can merge the items together, and then uh, then it's 3D, so you can go up and down, around, through floors. There's elevators with it as well. So yeah, one of, one of the things besides the 3D that annoyed me most about Satisfactory is the fact that pretty much everything is direct insertion. So you're not you're not using like inserters or sorters. I don't think we talked about that with DSP, but the sorters in DSP are really flexible where you just sort of you have three levels of sorter and you just move things from one place to another within three squares. It's uh it's really really easy to do there. But satisfactory you have to actually move your belt. You have to, you know, put your belt on the output of one thing into the output of another and if you need to divide it between things, you need to use a splitter. Um, and my mind doesn't work that way as well as using like sorters or uh, inserters. And it's not as flexible too, right? Like you have a very yeah. specific spot on the building where you have to pipe the inputs and outputs to and from. Whereas on Factorian DSP, basically if it's a square on the side of the building, you can place it there. It's very much more flexible, um, a lot more input and output areas. So it takes a, you know, with satisfactory you tend to have a lot more spaghetti to get where you need to go yeah and i've never actually gotten to trains or drones in satisfactory just because it's not not the game that's meshed with me the best i did once install a mod to get trains a little earlier but then i never actually played it so that's <laughs> something that i definitely need to take a stab at but the trains are definitely more complicated than factorio yeah i think uh 
unless you're using the logistics train network mod in Factorio, which adds a little bit of complexity because you need all the all the uh, logistics. Um, the com what are they called? The, uh, the wires. The constant. The, the, the constant uh, Combinators, yeah. Right, you have to have all that and program a certain way for LTN to work, but it works so well once you've got it yeah, set up. It's glorious, yeah. And then the fourth <clears throat> game is Tectonica that we want to cover, and that uses a very similar to Factorio, where you're running conveyor belts around. You have inserters. You start with the base inserter. You have a long inserter. Eventually, a fast inserter, and it's pretty. And it's pretty easy setup, especially if you're a factorial person. They're easier to, I find the belts are easier to lay in Tectonica than Satisfactory when it comes to the 3D, the full-blown 3D games. Yeah, but it took a little to get used to. So like Satisfactory, I never really got used to, I'd say. And Tectonica comes with early on. And then I figured out a few things like, you know, when, once you click to rotate, it rotates in the direction of your cursor rather than just rotating a set direction. Um, you know, you sort of need to learn the language of Tectonica, at least in the, the versions that we've had access to so far. And it took a little bit, but once you get there, it's, it's not that hard to deal with. And then they sneak peeked recently. Uh, they're adding monorails to the game. So that looked interesting. It looks like it doesn't take up too much space either. So it's not the monorails like Satisfactory, which are ginormous in size. These are much more reasonable in size and then uh it looked like they're adding something called rail running which seems to be similar to satisfactory zip lining so that looks to be an easy way to get around your factory too once it's set up yeah so as always we are very much looking forward to tectonica coming out so we can play it a lot more and then after that um autonauts is a bit of a departure from most of the things we've talked about so far it's the only one i would say that doesn't have really any belts <clears throat> so most of your early game automation is done with your autobots your bots that that you know you tell them you give them a set of instructions to carry out and they do it they move things around between different buildings build things put them in storage whatever Eventually, you get some carts or wheelbarrows, and then there are trains later on that I've never really used much, but they look pretty useful. Um, it's definitely much simpler uh, logistics than most of the other games we talk about, but it's a different kind of challenge with all the programming of the bots. That's um, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's interesting on its own in a very different way. Yeah, and that one you have to be a little bit more de deliberate again with it, right? It's going to do exactly what you want it to do, and that's it. You know, there's no... Yeah, exactly uh, what you tell it to do, right. not necessarily what you want it to do. <laughs> right, right, yeah. So you got to be... uh got to have your pen and paper sometimes, and you got to plan it out a little bit before you get there. And then in a similar sense is Factory Town. So Factory Town, I think uh, you you get access to the... Belts and shoots and shoots, uh, you know, you can roll items down, it can be rolled down, downhill, and it only goes downhill, I believe. And you need belts to move things, uh, other items, uh, and as well as to go uphill. And I think the secret to that one is you can, 
it may not seem like it, but I believe you can pull and push from different levels of the building on that one, if I recall, right? With Factory Town? Yeah, I think so. It's yeah, the the sort of inserters or ways to move things between things is definitely a little different than most of the others. Like you, you run belts and shoots directly into buildings and that sends it into the building. And as long as it's in with, as long as it's within the building's vertical square or cube, as it were, then the the item will end up in the building. But you've also got like and things that push from you know the, your belts or your shoots into another belt or shoot or the the buildings um, that behave a little bit differently than you might expect sometimes, and it's a, a bit of a logic puzzle every now and then. And then I remember there was also minecarts in the game, and if I recall, minecarts were automatic, right? Once they were filled, didn't they move between two points on their own, or did you have to assign a, a um, pawn to them? No, you you just move them from along the track, like you set up a, a spot to fill them and a spot to empty them, and they just go along. They get filled, they they empty somewhere else. So yeah, you don't you don't need your workers to empty or fill those. And then as far as trains go, I never got the trains in my playthrough of Factory Town. Yeah, they're mostly just like an upgraded minecart. I got to them a little bit. And, you know, they largely just carry different things than the minecarts, and they're a little bit more flexible. Uh, yeah, they're, they're not nearly as complex as the Factorio or Satisfactory trains. So then the next game is Final Upgrade. And Final Upgrade is kind of the most unique of all of them, just because of the type of game and how it's played. Um, all, the, all the ships and buildings and all that are fully customizable. You can make them however, whatever shape you want, you know, whatever setup. But the big, um, there's kind of three big mechanics to the game that I could think of. The first is their version of a conveyor belt, which is the pneumatic tube. Um, items kind of fall downward on the screen with some magical gravity that's pulling them that way. But when it hits a pneumatic tube, then it'll move in the direction that the tube is is set up for. So there's, if you click on the tube, you can actually uh, set input outputs on it, which way you want to move items. Um, and then a trade building that you put that'll transport items to and from the surface. So that's another way to move items around if you don't want to use a ship. And speaking of ships, you can use a transporter. So one of the AI logics that's built in the game is the ability to automatically move material around your the star cluster via transporters that you build. So once you build a ship and you have it set up properly, then you can set it to the AI logic to become a transporter. And then there's a teleporting device in the game as well that you can set up on two somewhat nearby factories that you can actually tell it to transport a specific item from one to the other. So it just magically disappears from one side and appears on the other. That's a good way to move uh, stuff around your your big star cluster. Yeah, I believe it moves things technologically, not magically. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and this one, I, I never really understood why Final Upgrade didn't click that well with me because it feels the closest to DSP of all of these games. Um, 
just because you know you're building like these very self-contained factories and then move you know setting up something that moves it to a different location so that seems like something i would enjoy but i i never managed to get all the way into final upgrade but maybe i'll give it another shot now that it's out in 1.0 and i still haven't had time to play it yeah and the funny part about that game is i use the same layout that you use with dsp where each star i set up to build a specific intermediate item right yeah. And then the next one over, I'll build the next one. I don't yeah. do anything black box. With I, I think it really encourages you to do that, I felt like, because it's yeah. so easy to move things from place to place with the teleporters. And then um, next is Cube Factorium. I'll say a few words about. So in Cube Factorium, you have your villagers that sort of move things around a lot. They're almost like logistic spots on their own. Uh, but they have a lot of limitations. And then soon you get belts, but the belts are expensive and take up a lot of space. So you end up usually building a lot fewer belts in this game than you do in a lot of the others. But the more important things in this game, I would say, are the... um, They're more maybe along the lines of vessels or trains... Um, but you get like carriages where you can move large, larger quantities of goods between different carriage depots and then push them into other things. Or eventually you get like airships where it's even more stuff and it's even easier to go across the map because you don't have to worry about a route for your horses to drag the carriage. You just sort of fly directly from place to place. Um, and then the one, I would say one of the more interesting things that cube factorium had that you could do is when you were uh, splitting things from different belts into one place like say you need a coal and two um and two copper to make a copper bar i don't remember if that's the recipe or not but in in a case like that you could have a coal belt and a copper belt meeting and combining into one single belt and you could actually set the ratio on that like combination to be the right ratio for producing you know, one item every round rather than saying, okay, it's just going to load one coal and then one copper, then one coal, then one copper. That was one of the, one of the more interesting and useful things about Cuba Factorium. Yeah, I think they, uh, it, they, they, they implemented trains too in the game, so it was the ability to do some trains. That's probably the best way to move large quantities but again just like the belts they take up a lot of space yep. you know unlike the airships yeah that was the the biggest thing about cube factory i'd say is that a lot of things took up a lot of space and it could get hard to build factories with there wasn't much space logistics. to come by right yeah. <laughs> and then uh captain of industry this was a little bit of a departure f- from some of the normal gameplay again i thought this was some of the most uh I thought it was one of the most realistic games. I know I'm, I'm air quoting with realism, right? Yeah, you know, it's still a video game, but this one from early in the early gameplay, there's uh, everything's moved by trucks, right? So you don't only really have to do much; you just have to assign how many trucks you want to that building, and then the trucks will go and fetch the raw material or the intermediate from storage or from. Um, from the mining area, um, so it automatically move it around, right? So you don't really don't have to do much. You just have to make sure you're supplying enough trucks to to get it done. And then 
eventually you unlock belts and pipes and there's um the belts aren't just belts there's flat and u-shaped conveyors for it so some items require u-shaped conveyors to move around while some will you are just fine with the flat so you have to pay attention to that and then i think the um the last major item with that is cargo ships so it's kind of a late game mid to late game where as you're exploring with your ship you unlock different areas like oil um i think there's an iron ore one there's a coal one right there's different islands that you gain access to and you can send your cargo ship out to to collect those raw materials and bring them back to your main island so there's that and very interesting ways of uh moving it around in captain of industry yeah and captain of industry was direct feed much like satisfactory so you just gotta point your belts at the building um, to the right spot and i seem to remember the inputs and outputs being a little bit confusing and i kept trying to send things into the outputs of buildings because yeah, like red kind of was the input and green was the output Some, and like it should be like the that. other way around yeah green should be or, input. yeah but uh you know i found with the conveyors with captain ministry strangely hard to place a lot of times especially yeah, it, if you're copy pasting it was a bit more of a logic puzzle than some of the others in an interesting way where it's like okay i could build conveyors to do this thing but right now trucks are doing it and is that good enough so you you need to make your decisions about exactly what you want to automate by conveyors and what you just want to leave the trucks carrying around and if it's a long distance you know it might be more efficient to use a truck um yeah it's just uh it, it's a bit more of a a puzzle rather than these other games a lot of these other games where you're just like well i'm gonna build belts and if it's really far maybe i'll build a train but yeah and in captain of industry what i found hard because it was the direct insert you need to have three levels of belt right like they have to come in one's at one level one's at a second but then they all have to kind of go downhill into it to make sure they meet up so you end up making this weird stack of belts just to feed two or three items into a into an assembler yeah and there were a lot of waste products too it's like some of them got carted away some of them you had to like pipe out to the water yeah it was uh definitely definitely a different kind of puzzle than a lot of these others yeah. in, a, in a good way i'd say yeah again the quote-unquote the most realistic one right yeah And then there was Infraspace as well, right? Infraspace is very much like Captain of Industry where you kind of set up the buildings and then that automatically, you don't even have to buy trucks or build trucks. It just delivers items between it. Now there's traffic in the game, so you have to watch your traffic. Um, it gets backed up if you have a busy route, but you just place the buildings and automatically delivers and grabs the material for you. The only thing you have to worry about is uh, you have like gravel roads to start with, and then you get paved roads and two lane and four lane, and you know, eventually big roads. But that's it. You know, there's really not much logistics to it at that point. So, yeah, and I haven't really played this one that much, but it definitely seems more of a 
almost like a city builder type where it just sort of automates all the complicated logistics rather than a, a factory game in the the sense of like your Factoria or DSP. Yeah, it almost feels like they took City Skylines and uh, added some factory elements to it. Exact same feel. It's pretty. It's pretty eerie. Yep. So now that we've covered how all these different games handle their logistics, are there any particular methods that you enjoy more than others? Is there anything you wish you could mash together into one perfect factory game? Yeah, I'm a huge fan of the logistics train network in Factorio. I think that's probably my favorite one. You know, it's got a good balance of, again, the train sim you were talking about, which always brings joy. but the complexity, building these crazy train routes, but LTN itself, you know, it's a little bit of a cheat because I'm adding a mod to it. But, you know, being able to move around, automate the moving of material, you know, with the supply and demand versus just straight train schedules. That would be my favorite. And then, you know, I wish I wish there was a way I could steal that and... Uh, and move it to like DSP, for instance, right? Like I wish I could build a train to move from one side of the planet to the other, instead of just building massive belt lines or having put down some planetary lo- lo- logistics, right? So, yeah, there are times when the logistics bots and DSP almost feel like cheating, where it's like, okay, I'll just have oh, a totally. huge jump. Yeah, once you unlock that, uh, even when we played our multiplayer together, right? It's like yep. we need a fast track getting the planetary and interstellar, interstellar logistics. Because once you get to that point, that's I mean, when you actually are building your factory. Yeah, the game just accelerates from there. And yeah, I think the the pieces that I enjoy the most playing with are Factorio trains. Much like you, I, I just am, find it very satisfying. Also, I live in a train town in the Midwest and. I just love trains in general, except when they're blocking my way to get to Chris's house in Arizona. <laughs> and um, I love the sorters in DSP, just the simplicity of using sorters rather than having fast inserters and long inserters and all these different ways of inserting like Factorio has. Like that, you know, I understand it adds to the puzzle, but I just don't find it as exciting or as as interesting as a lot of the other parts of Factorio. So I find setting up my inserters a little annoying there. And I really don't like the direct insertion a la Satisfactory. Um, It's better for me in Captain Ministry because it's not like I'm trying to set it all up in 3D. So I don't don't know why, but I like it much more there. Yeah, it's flexible, right? You can... You can put the belt to any part of the building for the most part, or there's a lot more flexible options for input and output, right? Yeah. So, in fact, and satisfactory with the clipping being enabled certainly helps a little bit, but it's just, I I don't work, my brain doesn't work in 3D the same way. So, it's always, always my complaint with that one. Whereas Tectonica looks like it's going to be a lot easier for my brain to handle because. Um, in, in the end, your like each part of your factory is built more on a two D plane, like than satisfactory necessarily. Right, and even satisfactory when you get the foundations in place, it helps snap some of the buildings together. Yeah, 
but you can still, you know, you still have free form with how the belts are. But mm-hmm. fact, yeah, tectonic tectonic is definitely, uh, you know, definitely is. It's built in cubes, right? Like everything has a XY coordinate on, and it all snaps to it. So there's really, yeah. uh, you know, you don't you don't have to worry too much about the fine tuning. Like satisfactory is so free form with where you can place buildings if you want. That you can overlap them, clip them, get into trouble down the road. Yeah, and then you had like Factory Town and Cube Factorium, where the logistics takes up a lot of space, but it's also pretty flexible when it's out there. And I enjoyed that feeling as well, where it's like, okay, you can run it like three levels up in this building and it's still going to work. Yeah, I find the uh, the placement of conveyors in those games, though, can be a little bit, you know, a little bit painful at times. Yeah, even, definitely. Especially if you're going up and down levels. Yeah, it's no, nowhere near as polished as like a DSP or Factorio or Satisfactory even. Yeah, so eventually, someday, I'll be designing our own perfect factory game it's going to have trains and sorters and all kinds of stuff that we love <laughs> so all this talk about logistics and ways to remove your bottleneck has made me thirsty and want me to introduce the next bottleneck what are we drinking dave well, we've got some Sierra Nevada Celebration that I sent uh, the bot named Chris to go get from his beer fridge. It's a <laughs> fresh hopped IPA from Sierra Nevada. It's pretty tasty. It's very different from most of the other things we've been drinking tonight, which are mostly darker or sweeter. Yeah, I don't think we had a single IPA tonight or anything. It's all not, been... Not before this. <laughs> all been pretty big beers, so... It's tasty, but it's a bit of a shock to the palate after everything else. Yeah, yeah it's uh, seasonal. They only release it in the early winter, so it's one time of year we get to get it, enjoy it, and uh, move on. So, yep. Have you been playing anything else on your Steam Deck? Oh, yeah, we recently had a ski trip, so a lot of playing, a lot of downtime. So been doing Vampire Survivor. Uh, which is a dungeon crawler type of game. But it's kind of one of those pro- progressive ones where as you're playing it, you gain money and you can unlock things and boost and then you can progress even further. And there's a ton of different characters with all different bonuses. So a lot of different playthrough with it. It's actually a lot of fun game. Pretty mindless. I mean, you know, a little bit, you know, just run around and avoid dying. It's <laughs> yeah. pretty much and, how it goes. And super cheap too, right? It's like five bucks oh, normal yeah. price. Yeah, I think it was so, yeah, four or five bucks. I, I haven't bought that one yet, but I definitely plan on getting to that soon. Yeah, that one is almost mandatory though for a, for a controller-based system though. So it plays really well on the Steam Deck. So That makes sense. Yeah. And then on outside of that, been playing some Hades. Getting into that, it's a really fun game. Again, Steam Deck, it's very uh, favorable on that. I've got a lot of hours. In here, <laughs> yeah, so that's a good one. <laughs> well, you're the one that turned me on to that game. Yep. And then uh, on the Steam Deck, also put the Emu Deck software on there. So a lot of emulator games, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, PlayStation. Definitely the scratch and the n- nostalgia itch on that one. What about you? What have you been playing? Well, I 
drove the 26 hours from Chicago to Phoenix. Um, and on that trip, uh, while I wasn't driving, I played a fair bit of Autonauts on my Switch. It was a good time. I've gotten, I started a new game at the beginning of that trip, and between the driving and the hotel time, I've gotten back to where I got to when I started playing it earlier, um, and a little farther. It's definitely, I would say, a little easier to play, much like Factorio, on the undocked switch with the touchscreen available. Not that there's a lot of touchscreen functionality in Autonauts, but it's mostly for like organizing and renaming your bots. Makes that a lot easier, just to be able to, to type on the touchscreen keyboard rather than trying to navigate with the sticks. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, other than that, I've been playing a bit more of The Last Spell, which has been I'm playing on the last two episodes as well, and some DSP, just still working on getting those uh, big money achievements, all, all the white cubes and everything, all the different massive cube production. So that wraps up our first episode of Dave and Chris in person talking about logistics. Thank you all for joining us tonight. If you have any suggestions for us, let us know. As usual, feel free to join our Discord server, Ever Growing, where we talk about automation and factory games. Get a lot of good info on new games from different members. And you can ask questions about game mechanics, discuss upcoming releases or suggest things for our next episode. So this this whole episode's topic was suggested by someone on the Discord. Or you can head over to our website, bottlenetgaming.com, and check out the game's database. And hopefully soon we'll start doing more news updates there as well. We'll see you next time. And as always, the factory must grow.